0: Hello, friends, and welcome to Something to Talk About, a podcast where different women come together to talk about God's Word and the various ways it applies to their lives. My co-host, Vanessa Hawkins, and I are excited to be back together as we begin a new season looking at the book of James. The purpose of our podcast is to serve as a supplement for our women here at First Pres Augusta as they study James using Courtney Doctor's Bible study, Steadfast. Today, we are privileged to have Courtney with us talking a little bit about herself and her study in the book of James. Courtney, thank you for joining us. Welcome, welcome.
1: Thanks for having me. This is fun.
0: Yeah, well, we're gonna start you off kind of like we always do with a little icebreaker question. And this season, we're gonna talk about our favorite questions of the day. And today's favorite question is, what is one of your favorite pandemic finds? It could be a book or a recipe or a hobby or a new exercise Right, Vanessa? I like
2: that. I like all of that. Yeah,
1: I do too. Uh, Well, I would say two things. The very first thing that I found myself doing, so this is like by April of last year, Mm -hmm. I started looking around thinking, man, these walls could be a different color. And then, you know, it's if you give a mouse a cookie, because then, you know, I I think we could probably like reorganize this room and change it from a living room (laughs) into a study. And then And if I do that, then I need a new rug and (laughs) light fixture would look great. So that was definitely my hobby for the first six months of the pandemic. We ended up repainting almost every room in our house, changing two light fixtures. I mean, I just kind of went, it was like I'm home all the time now. And I was noticing these things more than I had in the past. So that was my first pandemic hobby was uh, redecorating and rearranging, just rooms changed. We just moved furniture all over the place. But, but my favorite pandemic find. And in my defense, I was actually planning on doing this before the pandemic hit. Uh oh, we need a
2: defense. Uh oh. Uh huh.
1: But I got a puppy.
2: I got. A puppy. Oh I got a puppy. yeah. Oh yeah. I know. He's sweet. And we
1: love him. He's so fun. His name is Walter, and we mm-hmm. got him at the end of May. And it was a great time. I wasn't traveling. We were home. My daughters were both home from grad school and college, and so they got to help in his training. But he's definitely been a joy in the season to have.
0: Oh, totally! What kind of dog is he?
1: He's a Bernadoodle. So a Bernadoodle. We'll have to, at some figure out a way to share a picture of him. He's so yeah. cute and so he's- fun. And he's not what
2: I think about when I think puppy, though. I mean, he is, uh, he's is a he big? big boy. He's a big yeah. Yeah. Mound now,
1: yeah, and he's like <laughs> eight or nine months old. So, yeah, he's, a, he's cutie. a big boy. He is a big boy. But we love him.
0: Man. Is Bern like, St. Bernard, St. Bernard pup? Well, good question. Poodle it's mix? Half,
1: his dad is a Bernese mountain dog, and his mom okay. is a poodle. So he's, he's okay. marked like a Bernese, um, but then he's hypoallergenic, and he doesn't shed, and He's just so fun. It's a really
2: fun breed. That's that's great. That's new to me. I haven't heard of that before. Yeah, he is mm-hmm. gorgeous. He is gorgeous. But man, I didn't have anything quite that amazing. I I think for me, the pandemic gave me uh, an excuse to walk my neighborhood, mm-hmm. and um, I would I, I was going to the gym more and doing things that wasn't. That, that you know that wasn't outside, and so I got to meet a lot of neighbors just kind of waving across the street and having conversation it's all, It always amazes me how you know trials bring people together, yeah and so there was this common understanding of let 's just be kind to each other because we 're all going through something that's pretty mm-hmm. tough mm-hmm. and so I think that that walking outdoors and meeting my neighbors that has been super fun getting yeah. to meet so many more of them during that period. Yeah, that's a good one.
0: Yeah. Mine's sort of similar when it, uh, the pandemic first hit, my husband and I took to walking early mornings together
2: nice. and it gave
0: us some time that we hadn't had before and it's transitioned. So now he does early morning workouts with me even beyond working. So I've sucked nice. him in. That's good. Yep. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. And Amber teaches, do so you still teach?
0: I still do. Exercise class. Yeah. Yeah. So that's when I get to boss him around. I take him to exercise class and I (laughs) boss him around. Uh, It's
2: awesome. That is that is nice. That's Mm -hmm. fantastic. (laughs) Uh, So tell us a little bit about what feels your days, Courtney, other than Walter. (laughs) Walter Walter. is, yeah,
1: he's definitely a big part. So we've started or I've started walking in my neighborhood and we've formed this little group of five of us that were walking four days a week together. And it's been really sweet. Definitely a a benefit of the dog, but also the pandemic. Like you said, Vanessa, people are looking for that. And it's been, it's been really sweet. Um, we've had bonus time with our two youngest children. So, um, we had a daughter that was in grad school that came home from March to August. And we have a daughter who's a senior in college, our youngest, and she came home from March, Till August, and then she came home at Thanksgiving, and she's here until February. So, that bonus time with her has been amazing. We are we are just having mm-hmm. so much fun, and I'm just so grateful for it. So, Walter and walking, and my daughter, and it's just been a sweet, sweet time. And then, as far as work goes, um, yeah, I've been writing a lot. So, I just yes. finished a Bible study that Melissa Kruger and I co-authored, and we're super excited to let you know more about that in coming days. But it's uh it was a project that was really, really fun to work on. And then mm-hmm. I am currently almost halfway through. Um for all you prayer warriors out there, I would love anytime you think of it to pray for me in that I'm writing a Bible study on the book of Romans and oh, wow. uh definitely could use could use prayer on it. So that that fills my days.
2: Yeah, that's a that's a lot. And I am super excited about both of those projects and can't wait to hear more. Yeah. And
0: I'm curious as to how you got into authoring Bible studies. Mm, that's a
2: good question. That is a great
1: question that I don't have a great answer for. <laughs> no, I, I feel like there are so many things in life that I sort of just stumble into uh, and both for the good and the bad. But yeah, I am i was not a, um, a literature or a writing major in college. I didn't study it. I don't write naturally. I don't write to journal my thoughts. Um, so so it wasn't really something I set out to do. I do love to teach and I had been teaching for a long time. And so the, the writing piece, trying to teach through writing rather than teach through speaking was a new endeavor for me uh, when I started. So I wrote a Bible study. I wrote it in 2015. It came out in 2016. Um, it's called from garden to glory. And the whole time I just kept asking the Lord, like confirm if this is helpful for the church, because Mm. if it's not, then I'd rather spend my time doing something else. Um, Mm. but he did, I did receive feedback that it was helpful. And so then the next project came along and, and I thought, well, okay, I'll, I'll do this. And so it just seems to be something that he's brought to me. Um, Mm and, 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 I'm enjoying learning, uh, more and more
0: how to do it. Yeah. So some of your uh, best parts and hardest parts of writing the study, what would you say those would be? Yeah. So, because I'm not a writer,
1: so I've I've decided I'm an author, but I'm not a writer, which actually is a distinction. <laughs> um, because of that, the the hardest parts are sitting down and seeing a blank page and yeah. and mm-hmm. just sort of agonizing over how to start and asking mm-hmm. the Lord to um, give me insight, give me creativity, give me understanding, but it is a, I do wrestle through it. I really do. I mean, it's not easy for me. And so that's the hardest part, but then the best part is related to that. And that is when, you know, I finish a day or I finish a chapter and Vanessa knows that the majority of the time I'm like, does this even make sense? Does this even work? But that there are those times that you think, man, the Lord really allowed me to write something that was much clearer than any thought I had going into it. And so that feels like an intimate experience with the Lord. That feels like Mm. um, obedience that bears fruit of joy and love. Um, And so, so that, and then feedback from people when something that the Lord allowed it to help somebody or to make something more clear that, you know that's just amazing. I mean, it's so humbling, and just to think, you know, that the Lord used that labor or that effort to to help someone else's walk with Him.
2: Yeah, it's been so uh, sweet to see how well Garden of Glory has been received, and how many people it has just given access to just real sound theology. And uh, I've seen women do the study and just enjoy it, but really. um be Able to pull the entirety of the Bible together as one story, um, and it's just such beauty in that. So, Praise that has God. been that, yeah, that's been exciting to see. So, from Garden of Glory and some other things in between, but how did we get to a study on James? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we <we're laughs> <a program laughs> just sounds like... so pretty and idyllic, right? I know, just right? the title, it just the, yeah, and then you go to James saying.
1: I know. Be steadfast. I know. And, you know, from Garden to Glory, I just felt compelled to write it. I was like in me and I wanted to do it. Mm. But James, just, I was asked to write it. So, um, the Gospel Coalition, I worked for a ministry called the Gospel Coalition, and they had never had a book or a Bible study to go along with this national women's conference that they have every other year. It's a large conference with a lot of teachers. and, And so they wanted a book to go along with it, a Bible study. And so they had already picked the topic they'd already picked the book of the Bible and came to me and asked if I would write it, so I didn't choose it, but i <laughs> it chose you and loved yeah
0: it chose you and did your view of James or how you felt about it change as you wrote? I mean, absolutely. I'm sure it did absolutely hard yeah. not to it, yeah um
1: i I loved James. I always thought you know i call it the Proverbs of the New Testament and loved how pithy it was and thought some of his illustrations were so clever and kind of funny and super convicting. You know, it had been one of those books that you just kind of were like, wow, yeah, I've, you know, I've got to watch my words and I've I've um, I've got to be humble and I've got to, I've got to, I've got to. And so, so taking the time to really study it and to see that there is you know he doesn't have like this great logical flow like Paul or um or even the way the gospel writers set up the the way they tell the narratives James is a little bit harder to figure out like okay where is his train of thought going but mm-hmm. to study it and to see that and to see that on, that he only mentions the name of Jesus twice but it's all about Jesus and so yeah just all of that i just learned so much and and fell in love with it uh fell in love with just the way he writes and his clear passion for, um, living out the word of truth.
2: Nice. So you were kind of, you were asked to write this for TGCW 20, Mm -hmm. which didn't happen. And so is this the same material for 21? It is, it is. We're going to do, uh,
1: steadfast reimagined. So um 21, <laughs> the conference was supposed to be in June of 20 uh, in Indianapolis and it obviously was postponed. So the the goal, the the idea now is that we're having a conference in April, April 9th through 11th. It's a Friday, Saturday and Sunday in Indianapolis still, but this time there will be two options. So you, people are able to attend in person and there will be great guidelines as far as socially distanced and requirements of masks and limiting number of people in a room and the way where they're going about organizing all of that. Um, So in person is still an option, which I'm really excited about. And then there's also, because not everybody feels comfortable traveling or gathering or will by April, um, or maybe it's just not possible. So an online virtual option is, is going to be um, offered also. And I think it's going to be a very robust experience. We're going to have hosts just for the online people and special giveaways and gifts. And so we're really excited about it.
0: That sounds way cool. You can't pick a better spot. I'm from Indiana yeah. and I live just oh, a little bit away from Indianapolis. A little biased. So, Midwesterners yes. are some good people. <laughs> yeah. if you want to go, they treat you right.
1: Well, <laughs> I'm from Kansas, so I'll agree with that okay. Midwestern thing. But Indianapolis yeah. is a great city. I had never it spent is. much time there until this. And it is a fun, fun city. Tons of great restaurants, mm-hmm. great yeah. infrastructure. Love the conference center. It's a it's a great place. We really it's love a great it. conference a town for
2: sure. Mm-hmm. I, I I've loved um, the accessibility that it brings, um, mm-hmm. and it can house a lot of people. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. um, so tell me. So, what things can you tell us that would be helpful for us to know as we as our listeners are gearing up? Some of them are just beginning. Some of them just cracked the book. Um, what would be helpful for us to know about the context of James as we begin studying? You've told us a little bit of that.
1: Yeah. Well, I think it's important to remember it was the first of the New Testament books written. So it's early in the development of the the church. Um, and James was the half-brother of Jesus. And so he, he has been clearly and heavily influenced by his half-brother. And he has this passion that you just hear over and over again in him. He wants these this new thing, this these new people called Christians. He wants them to desperately understand how, how you live this thing out, how, how this faith radically impacts and informs the moments of your days. And, and I love that because I want to know that. I want to know, um, how when I'm standing at the kitchen sink or when I'm in the grocery store, or I'm, I want to know how this, all my faith, these great truths that I love to think about that James does not really exposit in any way, but, but assumes and how they, how they are pushed into the moments of my days. That's so good.
2: How do you think it lines up with our current cultural context? Would James have something to say to us today? (laughs) I I don't know. What do you think? like, a
1: right punch and a left yeah. punch and a right punch and a left <laughs> punch. as you ring through? It's just astounding—the living, active Word of God. I absolutely yes. love it. But yes, yes, absolutely. I mean, the the very first thing he's he's telling us how to be steadfast as we encounter various trials, and these trials right. are going to be they're going to be a variety of ones. They're things that just sort of come our way. Well. I don't know. Have any trials come your way this year? Well, Hard
2: to think of any. Yeah. Yeah.
1: How can yeah. you be steadfast in them? And then he says, um, if anyone, I mean, this is just in the first 10 verses, if anyone lacks wisdom, well, I don't know. <laughs> do you lack wisdom for today? I do. Oh, I mean, goodness. there's, yes. And so, and then he talks about how God gives generously to all who ask. Um, he talks, over and over again about not showing partiality, not having favoritism. And and he's talking about that in the context primarily of socioeconomic and ethnic. Um, so how you don't have partiality and how you don't have divisions and how you don't value more the people who have more. Um, and so and how to value the 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 oppressed and the marginalized over and over again. Then he says you know, watch your words. I don't know. Do you spend any time on social media? Like, do you need <laughs> someone to tell you how to walk? I need someone to tell me how to have an instructed tongue and yes. and why it's so important. And then I think the one that, uh, that just is so clearly hit us that we have laughed over and over about, um, cause James <laughs> picked, you know, in 2019, uh, 2018, and he's like, don't be overconfident in your ability to plan. You know, don't, don't boast and say, <laughs> this is what you're going to do tomorrow and the next day. And you're going to go here. And I mean, the l- verbatim, like, don't say you're going to go here and you're going to do such and such, but in humility, he's like, what, it, you know, your life is just a, a breath. It's just a whisper, a mist, but in humility, submit your plans to God and say, if the Lord wills. And oh my goodness. If yeah, if there was a lesson for 2020. Oh yeah. my goodness, right? Yeah. I mean, it's just astounding and 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 to be reminded that that mindset and that heart attitude is a good thing. Um and that is a good thing to come out of the pandemic that we we are so much slower to presume that we have control. And and our plans are going to stand. Um, they only stand if the Lord says they're going to stand. Mm. And so there's a there's a spiritual discipline in there, I think, that's really helpful and healthy.
2: That's so good. That's so good. I I mean, I, I think of James as the one who puts his finger on the the distance between our behavior and our belief. Mm. Mm. Yeah. And makes us, he he makes us intently look at. Whether our actions are aligning with our said faith, mm-hmm. and uh, That's so beautiful, I, yeah he he does that to us. I don't know if it feels beautiful, but right, yeah. right, right. Yeah, <laughs> yes. Yeah, somet- sometimes
0: it can feel overwhelming or taxing. You yes. know, when you're talking, Courtney, it's just so exciting to me because you're listing these exhortations of James as if they're just delights and pleasures, mm. and they've brought life, you know, to your life, and that mm. you want that. And sometimes I think, you know, we could read a book like James that's heavy on application. And like you said, doesn't necessarily exposit the deep and wonderful comforting truths behind it and feel weary in the reading, thinking that somehow we have to actualize all of these things Mm -hmm. ourselves. It's about duty. It's about performance. It's about getting it right so that then God will be pleased with us. And James, of course, is not indicating that at all, but in our weariness, maybe from 2020 and going into 2021, you know, it's possible that we could come into the study thinking, oh my gosh, I just don't have energy to make any of these changes, to do any of these things that are being asked of me, so on and so forth. So how would you encourage us as we begin this book Mm -hmm. to remember where we'll find the energy, the motivation, that type of excitement that you're expressing about the goodness intended towards us and what James is offering Uh, and how he um, tells us to live the life of faith.
1: Man, what, I mean, what a great question. I think that there's a tension in that. So Mm -hmm. we cannot muster (laughs) enough energy, enough motivation. Uh, We can't set enough goals or enough resolutions or enough, um, you know, just to do this thing. Um, we, We can't. And even James says, don't just be hearers of the word, but but be doers of it. But but the assumption is that you are a hearer of the word. He, mm-hmm. he doesn't say just yeah. do it, right? He says yeah. be a hearer and out of that, out of the truth of the word, out of the, the living active word, out of God meeting you. Because when God meets us in his word, he nourishes us, he strengthens us, he feeds us. And he also corrects us and rebukes us and instructs us and he trains us in righteousness. And so these things are all happening as we're as we're reading the word. And so the tension for it, for me, the tension in it is this. On one hand, um, I, I can't do it on my own. I have to rest in the finished work of Christ. None, none of the things that James commands us to do are so that... God will love mm. us so that we yep. will have his favor so that we earn his his um, gaze or his love or his his affirmation or his salvation you know it's not it's all because we've been because Jesus did all of this because Jesus came and perfectly obeyed and 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 lived the the perfectly steadfast life for us that out of that we trust that he will give us the strength and the energy to be, to obey, to walk in mm. his ways, to be, to be slowly transformed more and more to his image. And then the, but the tension is that in most things in life, even though we know it is the Lord working, there are many times that it feels as if it's us working. And, and that's, that's okay. Because there are times that I have to, I have to drag my weary soul to the gospel truth be refreshed by it, and then walk out trusting he's going to give me the energy to obey. And so there is some volition in it. There's some intentionality. There's my will is involved in it at some level. I mean, he, he gives us agency. And so so there is a, a piece of it that that it may feel like you are striving to obey. So that's not always a bad thing. It's, there, there, there is a time to work. There is a time to press into it and to say, if I don't set some intentionality to this, if I don't, what Paul says in Romans 12, if I don't offer my body as a living sacrifice, which is an intentional act of worship, if I don't do that, I can't just sit back and say, um, you know, Lord, do this in me without any participation. It's, he gives us he dignifies us by allowing us to participate in it. So it's, it's none of our own. You know, then we, once we've sort of done this, it, then we realize it's what Paul says in Colossians. It wasn't my energy working. It was his mm-hmm. energy, which was working so powerfully in me. So, so part of it is, you know, remember that we're resting in the finished work of Christ and then strive to obey, not to earn God's favor, but because you are dearly loved, <laughs> dearly loved.
0: Yeah. Well, the promises that is attached to that obedience is so encouraging to me when you're saying those is we get wearied by things that don't bear fruit, you know, or that don't come to pass or that don't pro- come through on what they've promised. You mm-hmm. know, and there's I think in this past year or so, we've just been wearied in a lot of ways by loss and, and wondering what's going to come of it. And with the obedience, it's the promise that, yes, it it feels like effort coming here, but don't you worry, it will be rewarded, not with the Lord's gaze, but just with the goodness of life that He intends to give us. And that's encouraging to
2: me. That's so good. So good. Courtney, you mentioned earlier that the name of Jesus is only mentioned a couple times in the book of James, yet it's all about Jesus. What ways does the book of James help us to see and appreciate Jesus?
1: Well, I think it ties into what we were just talking about, that, that idea that Striving can be good and right if we're striving out of the right truth. If we're striving for the right things, and even good striving uh, leads us to the place of realizing we cannot do it. We can't. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean we don't try, but it. Mm-hmm. But we don't ever do it perfectly. We we fail at every turn. My you know we fail with our words we fail to love the lord our god with all our heart mind soul and strength we fail to be steadfast we fail to ask for wisdom we fail to utilize wisdom i mean all of these things they just we we fail and show partiality we we are prideful and not humble i mean all of the things that that james is exhorting us to do and so when we come to that place and we realize i can't do it then we need to remember that's right because Jesus did it for me he he was all of those things he's he's the perfect word of God he's he's the absolute essence of humility He was perfectly steadfast in all of his trials and all of his suffering um he is he is the least partial biased person ever to walk the face of the earth um he he's just perfect in all of these, he completely submitted his plans to the Lord, not my will, Lord, but your will be done. And so, so he's the one who's done it right for us. And so I think we're supposed to grow in our appreciation of that and our, our, our worship of that, um, to thank him for that. And so so he is the one that we look to, the one who, who has done everything James commands and done it perfectly.
2: Oh, dear friend, so good to sit under your teaching again today. Thank you. I think that is the perfect place to stop. I, I don't know where else we could go.
0: <laughs> that, is so,
2: that is so good. And with Jesus. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And looking up.
0: Yep. And with that note of encouragement, we hope you will join us next week. Uh, take us uh, for a little sit down with your favorite hot morning drink or prop us up on the counter while you do dishes. Uh, we'll be back studying James 1, 1 through 18 with Sandra Heron and Sarah Williams. We hope you can join us.
2: Sometimes a light surprises The Christian while she sings It is the Lord who rises With healing in His wings When comforts are declining He grants the soul again A season of pure shining To cheer it after the rain